productive doesn't mean you are moving forward. Productive means checking things off your list, but does that actually get you somewhere? It takes you three months to really make an educated decision if this tool is for you. And if you have the budget, hire somebody to get you set up. It's not the tool that makes or breaks you, it's actually. Welcome to the Making a Marketer podcast, the show for all levels of experience with the best guests in the industry. Now, more than ever, it's important to keep up on the latest marketing trends and topics, and this is just the spot. Get ready to learn and laugh with your hosts, Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing and Jen Cole with Now Marketing Group. Here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 70 of the Making a Marketer podcast. Our show sponsor is Powers of Marketing, empowering small to medium-sized businesses with strategic marketing development and execution. I am Megan Powers, and my sidekick is Jen Cole. Hi, Jen Cole. How are you? Well, hey, Megan. I'm doing wonderful today. Excellent. Looks like a nice fall day. You are very falled out in all of your <laughs> your sweater and your backdrop and your... <laughs> oh, you know, it's really funny because it's like 50 degrees outside. It's not that bad outside today, but I'm inside and I like to be cozy. So yeah, it, it is fall. Autumn, as they say. Awesome. All right. So today we're going to talk maximizing productivity and who else to do that with, but... Miss Yvonne Hyman. Hi, Yvonne. Welcome. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Of course. And she's Ask Evie. Evie is her. Yeah, that's that's my nickname. There's actually, it could have been a different name, but AskYvonne.com was not available. That was oh, a realtor okay. at that time. So went Evie. for the nickname. Ask Evie it is. Yeah, that's perfect for you. Yeah, it definitely sets you apart. All right, I'm going to read your bio. Yvonne Hyman is a business efficiency consultant, speaker, NLP coach, and practitioner. As a web designer and business efficiency efficiency coach who runs multiple businesses. Yvonne has over 10 years of experience organizing, strengthening, and streamlining businesses into profitability and success. Since moving to the U.S. in 2007, Yvonne has been helping empower entrepreneurs to successfully run sustainable businesses while also enjoying life. Well, I mean, that <laughs> is perfect. I love it. All right. So Jen's going to kick us off with the first question for you. Yeah. You know, Evie, I'm really excited to hear a lot about what you have to say on your hacks and, and using tools and kind of your style. But what I'd like to begin with today is what originally inspired you to want to help others with their own businesses and productivity. Oh. Oh, you really want to dive into the deep end right in I the really beginning? Do. Let's right from do the beginning. it. Yes. Let's do it. Indeed. So let's roll back to that whole moving to the States in 2007. I met my husband fairly recent, right after the, about a year after I moved to the States and kind of rolled into this whole social media recognizes I am not a social media manager. I admire you guys, whoever does that, go for uh-huh. it. I already building content for myself. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. But I'm great at the <laughs> systems behind it. But did a side note on web design and all of that. And then what happened in now 
I need to say a lie. I don't have my years completely straight, but it was probably around 2011, 2012. My husband, then husband, got diagnosed with cancer. So pretty much I put my life on hold for two uh-huh. years. And luckily, he was fourth generation in the town. The town rallied for us. We got donations and everything. So wow. even though I wasn't able to bring money in because I pretty much turned full-time caretaker for him, we were able to survive that time because we didn't have to pay rent. There's one of my angels. We got donations. We got food. All those things where everybody rallied for us. I have had and have still a lot of angels in my life that made it possible for me to be a full-time caregiver at that. But what I learned out of this and having to literally start over at zero, I handed off my clients to other people that I worked with because they couldn't count on me. I didn't know when I can be able to put how much time into which client. Right. I can't do that to my clients. You can't tell right. them, yeah, just wait two or three months because I don't know when I get to it. <laughs> just pause your life. <laughs> exactly. And then moving out of the house so that that friend can make its money back that they had lost on us for the last year and a half. And just starting over with zero again, that was when I was looking at everything between all the assets I had, my, my late husband's company, my company, where I'm taking, what am I doing great? What do I love doing? What am I passionate about? So I literally just took inventory of everything. And that's when Ask Evie became, started becoming what it is now, because I really, when I say in my bio, running a business and still living life, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I don't want to wait till I'm 65 and finally can go into retirement to do the things I want to do. I'm like, if I have learned one lesson, life is too short to do the things you want to do tomorrow. Yeah. And that's where my passion for all of this comes from. I'm like, there feeds other things in where it's more personal where I'm like, I want women to be able to stand on their own feet. I want us to be able to choose if we want to stay in a relationship or not, to go wherever we want to go, to be able to pack everything up and move from Sacramento to San Diego just because you want to do it. Cool. And building that freedom, no matter what your reasoning is, that's the big goal behind everything. Wow. Holy cow. I love all of that. I love every piece of that, Evie. That is quite the story. So inspiring. Boom. And that's the short version. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> I tried to keep it as short as possible. Yo, you did really good. Oh, that, that was so amazing. <laughs> that was Don't awesome. Hold back. All right. So being productive and being efficient, I think are not the same thing. So what do you think is the difference? And is that something that you work with your clients on? Yes, I work with my clients on that. And way to push my button too. I am just working on myself, on my perception of the word productive. Because productive doesn't mean you are moving forward. Productive means checking things off your list. But does that actually get you somewhere? So I used to be be quite where I'm like, I'm, I'm not product. I'm not productivity coach. I am not helping you on your productivity. I'm helping you on your efficiency. So I'm actually working on that myself where productive implemented right can move you forward. So we are not just going after getting stuff done. To me, efficient means with the least effort, getting the biggest impact that's moving your business forward. That's why I'm so drawn to the word efficient rather than productive, but that's my own perception of these words. I have learned over the last couple of months that a lot of people out there also see the word productive as efficient and they do implement it right. Well, and that's funny because I just thought, well, maybe I'll change the name of the show, but you want it to be what people are searching on. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. There's the other point. And it's like, yeah. it comes down to me getting better in my approach with clients and really speaking their language and really approaching them in a way where it's like, okay, cool, let's be productive, but let's be productive in a way that actually moves you forward. Right. Yeah. yeah. Those days where you feel like you did so much and then you don't get to cross get anything off done. your list. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I hate that. Oh. I hate those days. They're the worst. But yeah. It's like Tim says, kicking the can, but you don't really mm-hmm. get it. You know, it's just the little things, not necessarily the big ginormous check mark. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, my next question I'm asking kind of selfishly because over the last few months, I've, I've made some crazy changes. I have a brand new job. I have a brand new company. And so I would like to be inspired a little bit more by you, Evie. And so my question is, what what are things that you do daily or even weekly to stay on top of your own schedule and keep experiencing your own overwhelm? Mm. Ah, yeah. So guys, why why I'm laughing, my two girls here know it, Our, your audience doesn't know it. I literally just come out of complete chaos. So my regular daily routine has not been happening as of the last week, just simply because I moved. Mm-hmm. But where it has come down to is really getting into a schedule and getting into daily habits. As much as I love my freedom, I do best on a schedule. I do like to get cleaned up. I do like to get dressed up. I don't like to be just in workout clothes and jammies. (laughs) I know a lot of people love it. I'm not productive that way. I have a couple of days here and there where I'm just taking it more easy and doing more admin work where staying in my yoga pants is fine, but usually I'm more productive getting dressed up, but also really getting into daily habits, meaning I get up in the morning And I have an hour just to myself. I am not starting with my phone. I'm not turning on my computer. I have an hour to myself with my coffee on the couch, doing my morning pages. I read the Daily Stoic every day in the morning. I pull a card usually. I have two card decks that I pull from. I have my coffee. I'm just looking out of the window and enjoying that I'm in San Diego. Um, Then go walk the dog so that I get a head start on my daily steps. Um, come back home often enough, jump in the shower, get ready for my day. And that's when I then turn on my laptop and start working. I have to schedule lunch breaks. If I get into the rut of getting things done, I will not eat and I will hit a wall at four o'clock if I have not gotten lunch. I finally found a really, really nice local meal prep company that, so I don't even have to cook. I order four to five meals for my lunch that are waiting in my fridge. They cost just (laughs) as much as I order a meal prep box somewhere, which means I stay healthy. I don't just order pizza. I don't just go with something that's sitting around. Right. And then often enough in the evening, I get a text message from Stephanie Lil that just says Peloton. (laughs) And often enough, it happens to be at 7.30 at night. And I'm like, Chica, you are crazy. Sure, I'll be there in five minutes. Accountability buddy. It's, yep. I thrive on (laughs) community. Seeing her when she goes on her Peloton and does the workout with Peloton myself, seeing where my last 30 minutes were, I want to be at least a little bit better or at least on the same. So I am, that's how I thrive through the community, through the accountability and through numbers. But the overall theme here is 
put yourself first. You need to take care of yourself. Figure out when is your best time to get up. I'm like, everybody tells you, you can work on getting up early. You can train yourself. Sorry, I'm calling BS on there. I have tried it. (laughs) Doing the four o'clock or doing the five o'clock. No, I am miserable the whole day. Same. That's so early. So early. I'm just hitting yeah. RAM at four o'clock. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's true for you, Megan. Yeah. So, and it comes back down to everything, no matter if it's business or personal. Test yeah. it. I tried the four or five o'clock in the morning. I can't. I am literally miserable the whole day. Yeah. Six o'clock, 6.30. Right now, it might even be seven o'clock just because the whole time change and everything. Right. But that's my best time. That's when I work the best and I'm fine and energetic throughout the whole day. If I already miserable in the morning, you really think it's going to get better throughout the day? Yeah, that really sets a stage. It really sets a stage. I'm right there around 745 for me. I'm like, oh, let's just ease into it. I like that. But your like whole entire morning routine is inspiring me to maybe even rethink like adding some other stuff in like reading in the morning. The, I, I like love that. So I love the daily stoic. It's literally, it goes back into the whole stoic teachings and I mean, and it's one page a day. It's literally one page a day. That's it awesome. is numbered throughout the year. So you have your day and you go through the page of that day and it sparks ideas for me. It sparks looking at things differently. It sparks what I'm going to be writing about in my morning pages. So my morning pages is three things I'm grateful for. And then just whatever comes out of me, if this, is something I'm trying to clean up right now and work with or if it's suddenly I'm literally pulling my second workbook out to write down all the ideas I'm having for 2021 and how I want to structure my company, what I want to do, where I want to take it. All of that happens often enough in between my morning pages, between my gratitude journaling, between my reading, where suddenly it's just like my brain is just triggered and things are just coming out. Wow. I love your routine. May have to adopt that. That's me. It reminds me kind of a good morning, good life from Amy Schmittauer. That book, yep. that book is so motivating. I'm going to have mm-hmm. to reread it. So she gets, <laughs> she's one of those ones that gets up early. Like yeah. early, she does. Early. She does. Oh, and I, I have her planner even too. And it's, it has all those things mm-hmm. in there, but you know, implementing them is like the thing, like actually doing them is, you know, that's where the self-discipline really comes in. You have to really want to do that. And it's, it's a mindset thing. I feel like, but there, it's, there, also, also like how you work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's that. You also yeah. you also need to give yourself the grace of, okay, I haven't been on the Peloton for a week now. I'm not gonna beat myself up over it. I could I could go down that spiral and be like, I have gotten my steps in literally just because of unpacking boxes and wanting to my <laughs> house. Sure you have and some lifting, girl. Woo. <laughs> oh yeah. I feel <laughs> muscles again I didn't even know existed. Nice. But I haven't done my exact routine. I haven't been on the Peloton for a week. I haven't written my morning pages. I haven't done my reading. I have pulled my card and I have drank my coffee in the morning and just took it easy. Now, could I beat myself up over it because I didn't stick to my routine? Yeah, totally. And I'm known for that. But I give myself the grace of, you know what? I am in a season right now where I need to take care of my place. I don't function if my place is unorganized, which means I need to get to a point where everything is packed away, where I know where everything has its place because that's how my brain works. 
So that is the season right now of cleaning all of this up. And as soon as I'm out of that season, I'll be back completely to my regular daily routine and just move forward. Stop beating yourself up about something. You cannot do anything about it. I love it. No, for sure. This is one of the challenges for me being overseas right now. Like my schedule is all over the place in part because my main client is East Coast. So I'm kind of keeping East Coast hours, but then I don't want to work every night. So it's been this very, this hard push and pull. And then I'm a night owl. So I'm up late. And then I just take it easy in the morning because everyone's sleeping. (laughs) on the other side of the world. (laughs) So I don't need to, why do I need to, you know, anyway, so routine is a thing. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit. You had some training recently. You became an NLP practitioner. Tell us what it is, why you chose to go through it. I know it's a lot, but as briefly as you can, you know, describing exactly what it is and and kind of like what you hope it'll do for you. So I had looked into NLP for a while. I also bought a Udemy course that I never finished. We know how that goes. Wait, it stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming, meaning how our brain works with language. How are we triggered? How are we motivated? And had bought the Udemy course, never finished it. We know that one. And then Stephanie Luman, mentioned on a side note yeah by the way I just got master practitioner I'm now allowed to teach I'm like girl get on it (laughs) sign me up simply because full immerse seven days get it done you have the accountability again you have people that you work with and in my specific case it was actually a combination of the neuro-linguistic programming the hypnosis the NLP coach as well as timeline therapy so you pretty much get a whole package of all kinds of things And I joined specifically because I know how language impacts us. Being an an immigrant to the States, having had the language barrier, that's that's the most common one of language issues where trying to explain something and you say it and the person's like, huh? (laughs) And then somebody else says the exact same thing and they get it. And I'm like, what the really? I just said that. (laughs) And that is the best example to explain what NLP in specific helps you with. Finding the right language. When I say red, you're going to think of a different shade red than I am, most probably. But with NLP, you start learning to read people, meaning how are they making decisions? How are they processing information? How can I motivate them better to take action for something they want to accomplish? That in combination with the timeline therapy that fixes things in your past way easier than going to a therapist for the next two years and you're still just taking care of the result rather than the cost. And then the hypnosis to be able to kind of rewire your brain. You know, yeah, like you have affirmations and all of those. All they do is pretty much rewire your brain from what you want to stop thinking about to what you want to start thinking about. And hypnosis helps with that. So long story short, I did it for personal use, for my own personal growth to take care of some blockage. I definitely have money blocks. I think all of us girls always have daddy issues. There's things that I wanted to clean up in my past, but also on my business side of things of being able to speak my client's language language and be able to have them understand what I'm saying and not just hearing me. Right. I love that. Yeah. For coaching, I just, that was the first thing I thought when I read about what it was for someone like you 
who's doing what you're doing. Like, gosh, what a powerful thing to be able to have in your side. And it's, it's interesting actually, because those are my main implications of what I learned. And there is so many different ones. And now you, once you started learning NLP, you suddenly see it everywhere. Uh-huh. You listen to James Wetmore's podcast and it's like, uh, 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 uh-huh. uh-huh. I see what you are doing here. Or you just have Korean barbecue with Stephanie Liu in the driveway. I'm like, girl, are you NLPing me again? <laughs> you start picking it up, but it's not in a bad way. It's really just like, I okay. Okay, I get it. I hear you. Now, how can we fix it? What am I doing here? You you start not just seeing your own things where it's like, oh, I'm going down that path again. I'll die. <laughs> but also just seeing how many people without saying that they're using NLP, without explaining and, and be like, hey, I'm an NLP coach, how they implement it in their podcasts and their teachings, in their courses and all the things. You suddenly keep picking it up. It's fun. That's awesome. I marked myself as interested for March. So I love the setup she has. And I'm like, I'm not making, (laughs) we already mentioned that publicly. I had a complete block halfway through our training where I'm like, I'm done. I'm out of here. Screw this. And the nice thing with Stephanie is she's been doing it long enough, even though many of us that know her didn't even know because she was known for the life video. And seeing how she was able to break through that block that I had and break that rapport we had. I'm like, I literally, I was mad at her for five minutes. <laughs> Don't give me wrong. <sighs> German never likes to be told what she is doing wrong. <laughs> but her having the knowledge and having the passion for her students and her clients to take the time and be like, when did you decide that? So what kind of script are we running here right now? Why do you want to throw away three days of work? You were that close. Why? And really coaching you through that. It was amazing to see. That's very cool. Okay. We are about halfway. And on the Making a Marketer podcast, we like to take a brain break in the middle of the show. So this usually has, has to do with whatever the holiday is for the month. And so everyone gets to share what you are most thankful for right meow. So Jen always gets the question first. So she's already had a minute to think about it. So I'll let her go first. Well, Megan, right meow. I'm really thankful for basically just how life is right now. Like I know we've got a lot of crazy things going on out in the world, but when it comes to my family, I am so thankful for the state of our family. Like with my boys, even though they're working from home and that's a challenge, the extra time spent with them is amazing. We've started spending time with my boyfriend's daughter. She comes and stays here sometimes, which is really nice. We're doing the holidays together this year. And I am insanely thankful for our home and our family this year. Love it. What say you, Miss Evie? I'm following on that coattail right meow (laughs) with the move. I'm like, I've been looking at this place for the last year. I had moved into my old place, sight unseen from Sacramento. Now being here where my business has grown to finally being around people that I like being around. I'm like, I literally left Sacramento because there was nothing there for me. There was no tribe. There was no friends. And now being here, I still drive down the road towards the beach where I'm like, wow, I actually 
do live here. So now being in the place where I wanted to be, being surrounded by friends and having my puppy who is close to being 12 years old, still doing good, being seizure free for the last few months. I think it's been nearly a year now that we have accomplished that. Wow. I have a lot to be thankful for this year. I love it. Yeah. And I think it's good. It's not gloating. It's good for everyone to feel happiness because there's enough bad (laughs) out there. Mm -hmm. So we really should embrace those things that we're grateful for. So have an attitude of gratitude, as they say. Yep. (laughs) I am going to state the obvious. I'm I'm grateful that I was able to take a trip outside of, of San Diego as much as I love it. And it is home. I got itchy feet, man. Seven months being <laughs> in the same place. I mean, I don't know how long it had been since I had not gone anywhere for that long. I don't think ever in my life, except when I was a kid. So um, yeah, so I was supposed to be here for about a month and I extended for a few weeks. And like, it's funny because my sister asked me, are you going to extend again? Because because things are <laughs> getting, just getting worse everywhere. But I'm not, I'm going to come home. I, you know, when it hit me that I had less than two weeks left, that's where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not ready to leave. I'm so at peace here. So, and I'm still at peace. I just, I'm I'm okay with the new (laughs) return date, even though it's still pandemic time and then things are still mostly shut in and (laughs) not, um, there's not like a ton of activities to do or anything, but it's still, it's just a lovely place to be. And I got the opportunity to do like a private wine tasting at a tasting room last night, which was super cool. And it turns out small town, right? Like he knows people I know um, in town and I know like three people. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and then, so then we kind of are brewing some potential future trip ideas. I'm going to help him connect with him with some people. So anyway, so yeah. So wow. here we are. And I think this is like the sixth podcast I've recorded since I've been gone, which is just create or fifth. There'll be one more, I think. But anyway, so good stuff. All right. I love it. Okay. Yeah. Miss Jen and kick off the second half. Okay. So Evie, sometimes, you know, when you're designing workflow, when you're kind of starting from the beginning, it's hard to figure out exactly where you need to start. So what are your tips on getting started with a long-term workflow? Take a pen and paper and literally (laughs) just start writing down what the heck you are actually doing. When I start working with clients, (laughs) do you have your standard operating procedures ready? Do you know how your workflows are? Yeah, 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 yeah. Can you send them to me? Oh, we don't have them written down. (laughs) Oh, no. They're all up in here, right? Uh (laughs) That's awesome. That is about 95% of the time. Oh yeah, my team knows what to do. Yeah, but what do you do when your team is not there? Don't get me wrong. It's great when you have a team that is played in, that knows exactly what to do. You don't need to tell them. But if 2020 has us taught something, what if somebody gets sick? And not just a day or two, when they are out of it, when they're not there, who is going to take over? Who knows where they are in the process? Who knows what's happening? But I'm already moving ahead. That is the reason why you need your standard operating procedures. That is why you need your workflows ready to go and preferably digital. I had so many clients reach out to me who are like, oh my God, lifesaver. Thank God we have this. But you need to start somewhere. And 
it can get really, really, really overwhelming when you start writing those down because you're like, oh my God, and we have a workflow there and we have a process there and we have this here and we have, just take a breath, slow down, just literally take a pen and paper with you, have it sitting next to you, start writing down the steps just by pen and paper. Totally fine. If you want to take it digital right away, take a notepad app, whatever, type it up. That's fine too. There's also a couple apps out there that can record your time because the next step is going to be figure out what time it takes you. How often did we have? I'm like, oh yeah, five minutes, five minutes. And this is going to be done. And suddenly it's two hours later and you're like, I still haven't finished. What is happening here? Uh huh. It all comes down to numbers. Most of the time wasted is with those jobs where it's like, oh, it's just going to take five minutes. And suddenly, yeah, it doesn't. Right. Because you don't know where the task in the process actually is, especially when you are scaling and you want to bring on team, new team or grow the team, how you're going to spend three times the amount of time training somebody if you don't have this stuff down. That's a great point. (laughs) You're going to have to teach them how to do it. Uh They still going to come to you to figure things out again. And then you still have to go in and go over it again to fix it. And document it while you're going. Documentation. I I tell you what, (laughs) lead time sometimes will get you, you know, we're ordering all these parts for X-Stand all the time. Like we have rubber feet, we have the little clamps, we have the oil, we have like all this stuff that we're ordering for X-Stand to assemble in my dining room. And the lead time on everything is different. And so we're like, okay, we're running out of this. We need to order this because it takes two weeks to get this. And it's just Mm -hmm. insane. So you're, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. light bulb went off. I got to write this stuff down. We need to make a timeline. I love you, Evie. Now with that one, you have a secondary problem because you don't just have the time management. You also have the product management. Yes. Meaning you need to be able to tell, okay, we have those pieces there and those pieces there. Now did one piece break and now we don't have enough pieces over here. So which means piece number one is going to run out before piece number two because piece number one, two broke or we had to send it back when there was a manufacturing issue. Yep. Now you have the product management and the inventory management and you have the time management. So you have fun with that one. (laughs) (laughs) A lot to think about, Evie. (laughs) In your your side hustle. Mm -hmm. I know, right? Oof. But there's him. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah it's it's all just numbers. Jen, I'm like, in the yeah, end, it's yeah. really just numbers and you need to figure out how you can manipulate the numbers to work in your favor. Yeah. I love it. Oh, I love it, Evie. Well, and that feeds into delivery. So letting your customers know when to expect it and delivering on what you promise. Yeah, because you want to be efficient. So yeah, I'm like delivery, Uh delivery schedule, being able to make educated information and say, hey, this is when you can expect it to go out. But also keep having that conversation, meaning tracking your own process on the delivery of, okay, hey, sorry, something came up. There was a manufacturing issue, blah, whatever, something we didn't foresee. We are shipping it out in two days. 
So also that customer relationship, I think we all have gotten used to things are happening. USPS being late, things are getting lost. Shipping is crazy right now, no matter if you ship it out in time or not. Don't get me wrong, right? Being able to time this, being able to see where in the process your client is, it makes life easier. It makes this whole engagement easier. It allows you to automate stuff, which is one of my favorite things to do. It just... Ooh, that's a great segue into the next question. I want to talk tools. You can't see this on the podcast because it's audio. Her mug says automate to dominate. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk tools, man. So what tools are you using and are are you typically recommending to your clients? How much time do we have? No, (laughs) I'll keep it to my minimum tech stack. And like anybody that has heard my name before knows I've been around with ClickUp for the last two years. The guys are amazing. ClickUp, I always call it like, it's like Asana and Trello had a baby on steroids. It's so true. That's, I'm like, I said that two years ago and it has not (laughs) changed. Why I love it and why I have a job is because it's so versatile. So no matter how your team thinks, no matter how your team processes information, needs to see information, we can make it happen in ClickUp, but that means you are not in a box. Boxes are easy. Click there, get this. Click there, get that. But you can't customize it. So again, there is there is a way off. If you just want something simple, easy going, stick with Trello. It's going to do the job for you. Fine. If you really want to scale, if you really want to get down to business, that's when ClickUp comes into play. And we, it just needs to be set up right. But the nice thing is there is a YouTube channel on Ask EV where I literally walk through all of those pain points. So having done my spiel on that, you can tell. I'm really passionate about ClickUp. You definitely need an email automation software that allows you for the whole sales funnel, for automation, for all of the drip campaigns and all of that. I personally use MooSend for that. What is it? MooSend. Oh, okay. Like a cow that's sending email. Okay. That is my one. Easy and simple. It's the perfect combination between MailChimp, you know, simple entry and active campaign. It's right in between. It starts at a free level. So you don't even have to pay up to a thousand subscribers, I think. Perfect to start without all the troubles that we had in MailChimp. Next thing, Agoa Polls, especially for marketers. Agoa Polls has the uh, client workflow already built in. Huge sales point for me, meaning you plug in your content, you send it over to the the client for approval, it gets scheduled, done. No Excel spreadsheets, no check off here, no doing this. (laughs) The whole client workflow is implemented right in there. Money. And then another tool that is in my tool belt every single time is Dopsado. Dopsado is client portal. My clients have all of their contracts in there. They have all of their invoices in there. What I love when you have monthly recurring invoices, I set them up once. I have clients that have been running for two years on maintenance contracts and I have never written their email, but the first time I set it up. Wow. Awesome. Amazing. Same with client onboarding. For me as a coach, if somebody buys an intensive package with me, there is a workflow after that says, cool, we got all of your information. Payment is done. Now go grab a Starbucks coffee and fill out this form. And I, I need this and here is that. And here you can schedule that. And that whole client onboard is automated. I don't have to touch it. Holy moly. That is absolutely amazing. Easel last but not least for the whole graphic design. I have all of my customized templates in there, which reminds me I got to do my live show templates. 
and got to jump in there and adjust those for the next live show. It's just easy. I have it all there, plug it in, love their background removal tool. I get my guest speaker images, drop out the background, plug them into my templates. Done! Uh, that's amazing as of late restream restream is what i use for my live shows that's how i get out there that's how i easily can invite my guests just simple i got my overlay i got my customization going on in there so that it's branded you're just using restream not with Streamyard. yeah no i'm using restream rather than Streamyard. all right so especially uh, now with with looking into potentially Twitch and other channels. Oh yeah. Uh, there is a huge way of possibilities with Restream. Cool. That's really cool. So there are a lot of tools out there, Evie. There's so many tools for for so many different things. And I've felt this myself many, many times. So what do you tell people who might be overwhelmed by the amount of tools that are out there and kind of need to narrow some things down? Don't ask on Facebook. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Don't ask on Facebook. Because the, the problem is when you're putting the question out there and, and let's take it right over the edge. When you are posting on Facebook, hey, should I go PC or Mac? You're not going to get, chances are you're not going to get somebody that is like, yeah, but what do you want to do? I always jump yeah. in with the question, but what is the goal? Exactly. Most people jump in and tell you their favorite, which is great. Don't get me wrong. We all are passionate about our tools. Sure. The easiest way is if you have somebody you trust to be objective. So I'm moving to Mac. I knew exactly which person I will talk to to have this conversation of PC and Mac Mm -hmm. because I know he works on both. I can ask him. I'm really going to get an answer. Uh If you do not have that person, jump on a discovery call with me. 20 minutes. I'll dig out of you what you need. I will tell you which tool it is. Am I passionate about something like ClickUp? Yeah, but I also don't have an ego to tell you. Not for you. You are not there yet. You might want to plan on that for a year. Go start with this tool. Or you don't even need something like that yet. Start over there. So definitely do not ask on Facebook. The... Once you made a decision, however you got there, stick to it. You actually have to use it. And this is the most painful part, especially when you are coming from another tool. So for me in my business, what I see most of the time is people moving away from Monday, Vike, Trello, Asana to ClickUp. Right. And because they they are used to how things work over there, even if they like it or don't like it, they are trying to make this tool work the same way the old tool worked. I'm like, there's a reason you are leaving the old tool. So can we please use the new tool as it's intended to (laughs) and give it a chance? It takes you three months to really make an educated decision if this tool is for you. And if you have the budget, hire somebody to get you set up, to help you with the setup, to give you the ins and outs. And yes, it's kind of a self-pitch here because I've been through the pain. I had... ClickUp asked me to change the thumbnail and I did, but we had fun with it for a while. I literally had a YouTube video that said, ClickUp sucks. Oh. <laughs> and I say, I tell it even on my shows, yes, ClickUp sucks, but it only sucks because you are not using it as it's intended to be used oh, because you are using yeah. statuses as stages. Yes, I'm getting on my wall here. If anybody wants to hear more, they can see it on my YouTube channel. <laughs> but you really need to give a tool a chance and use it as intended or no tool is going to work for you. It's not the tool that makes or breaks you. It's actually you. Right. Yeah, which some people just don't want to, who just don't want to own that. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. So we have one final question, friend. You hired a VA. Yes, I did. So tell us about that. How's it going? What made you pick, you know, who you picked and why have a VA and all that good stuff? So I went through the painful lesson of hiring VA. Doesn't matter how much you preach, you still can fall down the deep end too. Just say. <laughs> and the last VA I had was coming, had come to me on a recommendation and just fell off the face of the earth. I don't know what suddenly happened, if there was family issues or whatever. She wasn't the one anymore that I initially had hired. So I put the word out there and got the referral to Kitty, my VA now, from a friend that I trust. And we did have our initial issues on communication. She's over in the Philippines. They do work differently than we do. There is a different thinking. There is a different work ethic. I always talk about the whole entrepreneurial mindset versus the employee mindset, Mm -hmm. just how people process information, how they like to work. So we went through that and I did hire her because, again, I hate writing blog posts. I hate writing social media posts. Put me on a camera, put me, put a microphone in front of me. I'm never going to shut up. You just (laughs) let me go. I will talk for hours. All good. Now I need somebody that can take that because the knowledge is there. The content is there. Now go take that and, and run with it and just write and do things. And having worked with a different VA before, I was a lot into more micromanaging and telling her what to do and all of those things. So that's where we started to figure out how we work best with it. And as of the last few months, I was like, you know what? I'm done. I want you to be pretty much head of social media content, whatever the hell you want to give that title for. I don't care about titles. We'll find something fun. I want you to run with this. I don't want to have to worry about my blog posts. I don't want to have to worry about my social media posts. I don't want to have to worry about the description and the marketing material for my live shows. What do you need from me to make this happen? And she has bloomed. She has taken on that, that challenge. She is coming back. She's like, oh, by the way, I'm taking this over too. And I want to get this done. And she has just been rolling with it. But it comes down to, first off, you need your processes down. I had my process of YouTube video goes into blog posts, goes into transcription, goes into social media content. We still have a couple steps underneath that are not implemented yet, but that are already planned. The whole Pinterest is still missing in, in my lineup, as well as micro content, meaning 30 or second snippet videos or Instagram carousels. We are slowly adding to it the moment we are actually set down with the stuff we already are doing. So it's the buildup. It's the, you need to figure out how you work best with your team, how the communication works best. And what has helped me learn that for me too, and for us to get better is the Harmon Brothers book, From Poop to Unicorn. Now, what is it called? I don't know. I don't know what it's called. The Harmon Brothers, the ones that did the rainbow, rainbow sherbet pooping unicorn commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they have written a book and it talks about how they internally handle team, how they are working with their team, how they let them run and they care about the outcome, not how you get there. So being able to work with your team in a way of saying, okay, 
you, you need to write your SOPs. I need to know what's going on. If we need to bring in more team, if we need to bring in more graphic designers, whatever. I need my SOPs. Here's where you put them. Go record everything. But also run with it. Have fun with it. My VA knows that I'm dropping the F-bomb, that I'm <laughs> telling people when they're saying BS. She completely gets my personality, which is why people don't even realize that I'm not the one writing my social media content. That's but awesome. I also let her run with it. I gave her the freedom of go with it. You are doing a great job. You are amazing at what you are doing, reassuring her and letting her run with it. That is awesome. I love it. I think, yeah, well, in like anything, a VA is only going to be as good as as you are in working with them and, and helping them be successful. So it sounds like you you hit that out of the park. That's awesome. And it's a work in progress. I'm right. like, no matter how much you plan ahead, no matter how much you got your SOPs ready, we are also evolving. Over the last year being here in San Diego, rebuilding my own self-confidence, growing my business becoming more me again, which is just the personal growth, which is the personal understanding, which is leaving old crap behind in, in Sacramento. People that work with me can only be as good as I can let them know who me actually is because I am the company. I am the public face. So what does that mean? Where's the passion behind this? What is the mission? Where am I taking this? If I can't articulate that because I don't even 100% know, my team is not going to know. So right. the team is going to grow with you just as much as you grow in your business. Exactly. Boom. Well, thank you, Evie. Drop that mic. <laughs> don't, as a former audiovisual person, don't ever drop the mic. It's really bad. It's really bad for the mic. And it hurts everybody's ears. It, it really does. Yeah. <laughs> oh, turn, it, turn, it, turn it off before you drop it. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us. This has been awesome. I know that our listeners will get a ton of value. Obviously, Jen got a ton of value. <laughs> <laughs> She's like <laughs> taking notes. Uh, she, might even, she might even listen to this one back. I will. I'm getting in a good habit of doing that. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Well, I am thankful for both of you. And, thankful for uh, you. I hope that whatever your Thanksgiving looks like, I wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving and good health and safety and all that kind of good stuff. All right. This has been episode 70 of the Making a Marketer podcast, and we will catch you next time.